Are you ready for a Florida tropical adventure like no other? Well, mark your calendars because Tiki Agogo is coming to Orlando, Florida from April 5th to 7th at the beautiful Caribe Royale Orlando for a weekend of tiki fun. Get ready to explore Florida's rich tiki history, learn about kitschy roadside attractions, the Florida Orange Bird, and Disney's influence on tiki culture. Sip on exotic cocktails, enjoy rum tastings, and browsing the tiki marketplace. Don't miss out on this unforgettable event. Visit our website at tikiagogoevent.com and secure your room and tickets today. The Florida Spectacular Podcast is a proud sponsor of Tiki Agogo, April 5th through 7th in Orlando. This is the Florida Spectacular Podcast with your hosts, Kathy Silustri and Rick Kilby. Keep up with Kathy at greatfloridaroadtrip.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Kathy Silustri. Find Rick on Twitter at OldFLA and visit his website, rickkilby.com. Now, discover a Florida you never knew existed. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Florida Spectacular Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Celestri, joined today by uh, your other host, Rick Kilby. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. It's a great day after some storms last night. How'd you guys do? We had, um, it was, I was disappointed, and I know that's the wrong thing to say, (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, someone sent me a meme today, 1983, um, there's a tornado today, go hide in the hallway, also there'll be pizza in the cafeteria for lunch, and then 2024, there's some strong winds today and we're closing all the schools. I, I just feel like things have gotten very, um, we've gotten very precious about our weather, and uh, you know, we did have a tree down in the area, one tree. Um, but we had all, I got friends today. I saw Gulfport on the news. I'm like, yeah, because we haven't cleaned the boats off the beach from the last storm yet. It makes for great footage. There's, <laughs> no, we we get saltwater flooding all the time now. That's just what happens. It's not news when it happens every day, right? It's, it's. I, I'm I'm irritated with television stations today. Don't talk to me about the weather. We're fine. How are you? How did you do in the storm? Well, I had to cancel an event. It was a friend's birthday, and we were going to go to Drag Show Bingo for his birthday, and we had to cancel because of the weather. And as it turned out, you know, we had we had you know a storm roll through about the time we would have been leaving. But then, it, when the event would have happened, you know, it was super calm. Of course, it's the way it always. It's Florida, you know. The the yeah, weather I, changes I, I, moment aware. by moment. So I am. Um, years ago, I had a part time job working on a sailboat. I was crew and the man who owned the company referred to the television uh, meteorologists and the news stations as weather terrorists because they scare people uh, from going outside. And I actually find that to be very true. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, I mean, no, you probably don't want to go surfing when there's a rip. Yeah, I get that. But I I think we all would have been okay going to drag queen bingo last night. (laughs) Anyway, some of us, but perhaps not certain people in Tallahassee. (laughs) Well, I don't care about them. I care about people who go to drag queen bingo because never heard of the drag queen having a moms for Liberty type event, but that's, (laughs) we don't need to get political. We can, we can focus on the wonders of Florida today. Um, And uh we are going to do that. We have uh, an email from a listener, and we have brought on a specialist, uh, Chelsea Stevens, who is actually one of three hosts of the Florida Madcaps podcast, which is on our blog roll of one of the podcasts we love. They, um, She and her husband 
my friend Ryan, our mutual friend Ryan, refers to them as the seekers. And that sounds very mystical and mythical when he's just dropping that in in casual conversation. Like, well, I was going out to see the seekers. And I'm like, wow, dude, did you have to bring them like a goat or something to sacrifice? <laughs> um, anyway, they go everywhere. They have a teeny tiny baby who's about the size of my hand from what I can tell from the pictures. And they're already dragging this baby through swamps and slews and I think it's wonderful and I'm probably exaggerating and now she's going to get hate mail about oh my god you're bringing your baby into a swamp but we have Chelsea here hello Chelsea welcome that was a long intro I know <laughs> no worries and you know sometimes I always anticipate that hate mail and luckily we don't get it that much uh, a lot of our followers are like-minded and are saying great job <laughs> bringing your kiddo out there well no I mean you you want kids to, outside is good Outside, yes. other than we live in one of the best places to be outside, um, vitamin A, the sunshine, just that's super good for humans. And so you're you're creating this child that's going to love being outside because this is how they grow up. Or it could go the other way. They could decide they hate nature and that they become a CEO of a big oil company. But I don't think it's going to break that way. It's a balancing act. You know, we have two older ones from a, a previous relationship. They're mine. So we're a bit of a blended family. And uh, we do uh, kind of approach them carefully when we notice them getting a little burnt out. We'll pull back a little. And then they'll all of a sudden ask when we're going hiking or camping again, why we haven't been. <laughs> well, that's that's. Yeah, um, I think I'm a little bit of an anomaly to my parents or I was because I was always like, let's go out there and get out there. They're like, really, Kathy? Just chill. Like <laughs> air conditioning is good. <laughs> anyway, um, we have a reader question, which is why I asked you to come on the podcast and it fits in nicely with what we're going to be talking about today. Um, uh, or a listener question, I guess not a not a reader. Uh, and I only know her first name. It's Stephanie. And she, she said, uh, hey, I've become a snowbird in the last year or so. Thoroughly enjoying the podcast. Thank you, Stephanie. And plan to hear your talk, Badass Women in Florida, which is something I'm giving later this month in St. Petersburg. Uh, do you and Rick have shoe recommendations for the walking and hiking on Florida trails or is it trail dependent? And so this Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say this might be an anticlimactic answer, but it's it's very subjective. Uh, and on the experience that you're willing to have um, this year, especially, you might notice that we're getting a lot of water. So the trails are very wet, but that's actually not unique, really, to the Florida trails. A lot of our trails are wet. Uh, and there are certain ones you can seek if you want a dry uh, experience. But um I, I like our wet trails, so I go into them knowing that my feet are going to get wet. Some people might assume that automatically means a waterproof shoe, but it means the exact opposite of that, at least for me. Um, I'm going to get water above where my shoe goes, so my feet are going to get wet even if I'm wearing a waterproof boot. Uh, and I and I know that going into a lot of the trails I do, and some of them are surprised. You think you know most of it's dry, but halfway, maybe three miles into a trail, there's a three foot slough that you have to cross and there's no, you know, you can take your shoes off and cross at that point if you have waterproof ones on. But uh, me, I want a mesh shoe that drains well. I don't need the angle support. So the water gets in, the water dry, comes out pretty quickly and your, your shoes dry faster. And sometimes bringing an extra pair of socks is uh, good for that as well. Now, my husband, he likes to wear a waterproof boot 
Um, if we do know a trail is going to be wet, he has another option, but he needs the ankle support and he needs something more durable. Uh, he's hiking a lot more than I am at the moment because we have the little baby. He can't quite do as many miles as we're used to. So uh, you, it's very subjective on you, what fits you uh, and what you're looking for. So what can I ask you, because I am going down and we talked about this, I think last week on the podcast, uh, as a birthday gift, my husband got me a swamp walk uh, down at Clyde Butcher in the Everglades. That's and amazing. Yes. <laughs> it, I'm very excited about it. Um, the last hike I did in the Everglades, I came very close to stepping on a cotton mouth. So I understand you want the water to drain out, but I also want something a little more sturdy because I don't have a great track record. So what do you wear? What does is, what is Chris, your husband, wear? What, what, what brand? I mean, can, I'm not asking you to endorse, but can I ask what you wear? No, and uh, we're not you know, sponsored by every anybody. We wear a, a range of different brands of shoes, actually. Um, when I first started hiking, I was also very uh, cautious with the snakes. And perhaps I've become too <laughs> comfortable now because I do wear, uh, I wear um, ultras, which are ultra light, not very much protection. They actually don't last as long as some other shoes, but because they're super lightweight and they drain super well and dry super quick, I, I, I appreciate those qualities. But uh, when I first started out, I would always wear uh, shoe gaiters, which uh, kind of hook to the front of your shoe and go all the way up your ankle and you can get various uh, levels of protection with those. Um, and this will allow your shoes to still drain, but protect your feet. Um, like I said, you can get heavy duty snake gaiters or something, just a thick canvas. That's going to be a little more protective than uh, just having your feet as exposed as mine are in these shoes or um, they sell super ultra lightweight ones, just keeping leaves and things out of your shoes as well. Um, but leaves. <laughs> Chris's boots are, uh, he's in the other room with the baby. So uh, keeping him quiet. Otherwise I'd pester him more, a little more, uh, durable, thick. And he, he has more of a track record of stepping on snakes than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think the takeaway here is that we're all still here and able to podcast. So it's not yeah. a ending injury when you, when you, <laughs> when you step on a snake, do not do it. Don't go out of your way to do it. He's never um, done it while pregnant though. So I got him on that one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he never will do it while pregnant either. <laughs> so I have a question. My last pair of hiking, I have, you know, the boots that go up to my, past my ankle. I bought them at a say, let's just call it a place that's a fishing store that's kind of a mega store. And if you can think of certain types of freshwater fish you might fish for, and you could imagine the name of the place. You are really trying very hard not to endorse anything, are you? I'm not because I don't want to endorse this place because the, the shoes are crap. The, the, the heel, the whole soul has just kind of removed from it. And fortunately, it didn't happen when I was going for a walk. It happened when I was putting them on at home. And they're worthless and they don't have hardly any miles on them. So where would you, if you were going to a brick and mortar store to shop for hiking shoes, where would you go? 
So I know we don't want to endorse uh, <laughs> too many places, but if you want to go to a brick and mortar store, uh, a lot of times locally, you'll have um, shops that are just in your area. So near me, we have Travel Country Outdoors, uh, but there's all different kinds of stores here and there. The big one that seems to be expanding across the state is REI, um, and they have an excellent return policy. I like shopping there for big dollar items because it's easy. Um, if I do feel like I'm going to have to return something. Uh, but a lot of times just finding what brand works for you, you can find those at little shops around town, um, yeah. running, running, um, running stores like, uh, I can't remember the name of one we have locally in winter park, but you can find a lot of, uh, trail runners if you want to go the shoe route, but usually they don't have the boots. So for boots, uh, big, Big stores like REI are a good one. Um, and a reason that may have happened, did you wear your boots in water at any point? Probably. Well, it's hard not to, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, the other day, so over Christmas, I stopped at Salt Springs and there's a little trail there. And I realized I was going up to Gainesville for the holidays that I had only packed one pair of shoes. And that I had to keep my shoes dry. So when you're hiking in Florida and you have to keep your shoes dry, it's tough. Yeah. And so I was, you know, every time you come across a puddle and it had rained earlier that day, I was walking along the edges trying to keep my feet dry. And it's it's very tough. Like you said, it's a lot easier if you can just go right through the middle and yep. charge on through and not have to try and keep your feet dry. And I did, incidentally, and I'm <laughs> just quite proud of myself. Um let me let me stop for a second and ask you, uh, Chelsea, you said ultra or ultra, A-L-T-R-A? A-L-T-R-A. So I can give a shout out to a running com a running shoe company that sells ultra shoes that is family owned and it is in a lot of places in Florida. It's called Fit to Run, F-I-T number two run. And the reason I get all my all my athletic type shoes there and the reason I do one is that they're really good about fit and gait and all that which if you run is important, but also the family who owns it, the Robinson family donated a big ass piece of land down in Sarasota, um, right on Tampa Bay. And there's the Robinson preserve now named for them. And I, I like to support any family owned business that cares that much about the environment. So fit to run. I know that they're branching out into Orlando. You can order online. I'll put them in the show notes, not endorsing them other. I mean, I'm not getting paid to endorse them. They don't unfortunately have hiking shoes, but the ultra shoes they do sell. And um, I just think any, any business that puts, it's a nice piece of waterfront land. It would have been lovely condos and it's even better as a, as a park that you can hike through and go enjoy. So I feel like we should push money at them instead of anything that might be named after a river in South America. <laughs> I gotcha. I actually went uh, to the one to the fit to run in your area shortly after meeting Chris and, and bought a pair of trail runners there and had them test my gate. We have so, a we have a place a similar place in Orlando called Track Shack. I don't know if they have hiking that's the one I was trying to think of. Track Shack does have uh, well, they have trail runners, uh, which are like hiking shoes for people who run. But I I don't run; I just hike in them. <laughs> so so that's a good question. Do you have to have hiking shoes per se to go hiking, or will any athletic shoe work? 
again, it depends on how much protection you want on your feet because the lighter weight trail runners don't offer as much protection. Oh. Uh, but that's what I prefer. A lot of people are more steering that way. Um, and then you put the trail gaiters on top for more protection. Um, but no, they don't have to be a particular. It doesn't have to be marketed as a hiking shoe at all. So I find, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rick. Well, I was just going to ask, um, what, what, where do you like to hike? I didn't realize you were a, a fellow central Floridian. Where are your, your favorite hikes to, to go to in this area? So I actually live right across the, um, the road from, uh, little big econ state forest. Oh, so, oh. yeah. I, but my favorite is actually not much further from there. And that's the Charles Bronson state forest. Uh, it doesn't have as much signage. So I think people don't realize it's there. It's a little bit harder to find. Um, so yeah, we do the econ, but we're all over the whole state. My husband helps write for floridahikes.com. So we're, we're researching hikes everywhere. Uh, so I find that I hike more often, not <laughs> by my house. Uh, most of the time when I'm hiking locally, we're doing trail maintenance with the Florida trail. Association. So is floridahikes.com is that the Sandra friend? Yes. Yeah, oh, I love, that's a great, them. great yeah. resource. Such a great resource because mm -hmm. usually when I get on a hike, that's where I go first to check it out. Yep. And, uh, yeah, my, all the newer articles, or at least most of them, uh, my, uh, husband has been writing. Excellent. I, um, I feel like I need to spend more time on this website because when you go there, um, newest destinations, I love this. It, it, this is, this is, this is why our reputation is, is such a dangerous state. Two of the four trails mentioned on the new destinations, Yellow Fever Creek Preserve <laughs> and Hillsboro Dead River Loop. I mean, you know, it, even Jonathan Dickinson State Park, I mean, he named for a guy who got shipwrecked here, right? It's, it's um, Florida sounds very dangerous. And I think I, I always like to tell the story of a woman who came to one of my talks and said, how do you go I want to go to the Everglades. How can I go there without getting attacked by an alligator? And she was dead serious because this is what's out there. So as long as we're talking about hiking Florida and these great <laughs> places, um, Chelsea, you hike far more than I do. Rick, you hike far more than I do. Would love it if y'all could talk about how dangerous it isn't to hike in Florida. It's usually pretty uneventful as far as wildlife encounters. Um, we've had a handful of bear encounters and they always run away. Uh, we see gators when we hike. Sometimes they're on the trail. Uh, they've never been aggressive towards us. Snakes haven't been aggressive towards us. I've, I've stepped on a copperhead, which I didn't know at the time. <laughs> I found out uh, uh, right after I stepped on it and it was on its way. Uh, my husband's stepped on a coral snake. It freaked out, but nothing happened. Um, and this is not to say that nothing does happen. It's just, I think, I think most of the time when people get, uh, have altercations with animals is when they're attempting to move them or mess with them, or if they've been fed in the past, I don't know. We've just, maybe we've been lucky. So <laughs> well, very I, I, I had a park ranger tell me once that most snake bites are associated with something called YIMS. Have you ever heard of this phrase? No. <laughs> YIM, it's an acronym for young immortal males. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, usually that's the case. I mean, we are physiologically 
when these animals look at us, they see us as a predator. We have some very, the, the predominant characteristic we have that lets other animals understand that we're a predator race is that both of our eyes face front. And so that's a cue to animals, I think, that, hey, okay, this is not a parakeet. I should probably not mess with this. It's, you know, and then also, except for most gators, we're giants. I mean, coral snakes are tiny. And I know they have this horrible reputation, but honestly, they don't even strike like a normal snake. They have to nibble at a fleshy bit for it to work for them. So, I mean, I, I know a lot of it, you want to be cautious, but I appreciate you mentioning all some of the altercations you've had that weren't altercations so much as you inadvertently being a horrible person to these animals and them running away. <laughs> um, can I ask where you stepped on the, the copperhead? Yes, that was at Toria State Park. And no, uh, I'm sorry, where on its body? Did you do the head or the back? I'm not sure. Uh, okay. because it was slithering away. Now, shortly after that happened, my uh, Patrick Connolly, who writes for the Orlando Sentinel, he was hiking with us. He stepped on it uh, and he his foot was directly on its back. That's when we realized it was there. Like we had all walked over it and he had stepped on it uh, on its back. And it as, as soon as he lifted his foot up, it slithered away. That poor snake. <laughs> I know. You can still find it there. It has footprints on its back. He's like, what the hell, man? I'm just hanging out. <laughs> you know, I think the biggest risk for me, well, you know, I'm super allergic to poison ivy. I used to get it when I grew up in Gainesville all the time. So I'm always on the lookout for that. You know, certain places, I've, I've not had tick issues in this state. I got, I went hiking in Shenandoah National Forest in Virginia once and came back home covered with ticks. And that, you we know, have. that's- you have, oh, yeah. you know, there's certain places like Lachua Trail, you you know, you're going to see giant alligators and there's times where they've been right smack dab in the middle of the trail. And the only way to keep going is to go around the giant alligator in the trail. And that's a little bit scary because, you know, that's a place where they actually cannibalize each other that, you know, the bigger ones eat the smaller alligators and there are signs, you know, be careful with your small children there. But I think the biggest risk when I go hiking is getting lost. You know, if you get off trail, you know, the, the times where I've been scared have been when I get off trail and I'm just kind of freelancing and I, for a while, I don't know where I am. Yeah, um, I am lucky that uh, I have Chris with me. <laughs> I have no sense of direction. And I, I often tell people, they're like, oh, we should do this. I'm like, listen, I don't plan any of this stuff. I I tag along. Uh, half the time, I don't know where we're going until we get there. And I, I just follow him the whole time. Uh, and other than that, all, any trails I've gone on, I'm, I, I researched the maps. Uh, before I met him, I went hiking. And I've just researched, researched, researched before I went out uh, to know what to expect. But um, oftentimes maps get out of date a lot quicker than yeah. you would think, uh, yeah. especially with their Florida storms, because sometimes trails, you get a social trail around something that fell down. Or if you're on, a, um, say, like the Suwannee River, there's a lot of washouts uh, from erosion. Uh, the econ has the same thing. So they do change. And um, that's why my husband has a job, because <laughs> the government websites and everything can't keep up. Yeah, I I. I like to watch those survivor shows because I do know you know the writer Bill Belleville, he was somewhere in the Seminole State Forest and he would go off trail and he was with my friend and they ended up having to spend the night without planning on it. And they had a bear encounter while they were spending the night, but you know, the next day they were able to find their way out, which to me is 
you know, something very unlikely to happen in Florida, but I'm always in the back of my mind thinking about that. <laughs> so uh, the very first hike I went in, uh, went on with my husband was in Seminole State Forest. And we, in fact, did go off trail and we did get lost. So it does happen. <laughs> uh, we um, and had a bear encounter. That's how he got. I don't know if you're familiar with hiker names, but they're usually just names you earn while you're hiking. So on um, our first hike together, he earned his. On our way back during sunset, uh, the light was getting uh, harder to see, and we heard this huge scraping sound and looked up, and there was a bear repelling from a tree, uh, its butt like right above us. So we stepped back. It got on the trail, stood up. It was big. It looked at us. We looked at him. We both ran in different directions. Uh, and, uh, while trying to find a way back to the trail, we also kept hitting swamps and, uh, just, it seemed hopeless for a bit and we did find our way out, but I, uh, have since called him water bear. (laughs) So when you said you went different directions, you meant you and the bear, not you and your husband. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, me, I I actually did the slow backup and my husband started running away and I was like, no, you're not supposed to run from him. Just, (laughs) I can never remember. Are you supposed to make yourself big or you're supposed to make yourself big? Okay. Okay. Cause I I've been hiking out West where they have cougars and it's like, you're supposed to do, are you making, you don't run from those either. Do you, or do you I run? I don't think so. And you're like, like, I can't, I don't know cougars very well. So I'm like, do you maintain eye contact? Do you not look at them? I'm not sure. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about them here. Panthers. Uh, you're lucky if you see one. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the national park service, I don't know who does their social media, but they're incredible and they're funny. And they had a post on their Facebook. Um, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I'll find it about what to do if you encounter a bear. And they're like, look, one of the things they say is don't climb a tree. Bears yeah. climb trees every day. When's the last time you climbed a tree? Um, you know, stuff like that. They're, they talk about how to deal with these wildlife encounters and I am just so in awe that you've both had a bear encounter and I never have. Like I, I want to have that. I guess I be I, I've never about what I wish for, but I've never seen a bear on a trail in Florida. I have out west. The ones I've seen in Florida are usually like in someone's black backyard, you know, who live near the Wakiva. And I think maybe I saw one from the road, but I've never I've never seen one on trail here. Yeah, I think um, we probably had like four encounters with them, but. They've all been about the same. <laughs> Sometimes we hear them and don't see them as well. Well, I know it's it's as we develop some areas, there's more um, chance of having some kind of random encounters. I have a friend who lives in Winter Garden and his driveway cam caught a bear one night. And he was not from here. He's from like Maryland. So he was like over the moon. Right. It was just fantastic for him. But to me, it was just really cool that you can see them and also really sad that we're taking so much of their habitat now that they're hanging out in driveways. Or uh, last year, if anybody remembers, one showed up at the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, we 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 have them in downtown Orlando from time to time. Last year there was one in late at Lake Yola Park, which is smack dab in the middle of Orlando. It's weird because the wildlife does seem to get closer and closer. I, we have a lot of coyote activity now, and our we have cats that normally go outside at night that my wife will not let outside. So 
we wake up every day about four in the morning when they want to go out. But she's concerned about that coyotes. And I've seen coyotes twice in the cemetery that's nearby. I've seen foxes. You know, the wildlife seems to be getting closer, which is not necessarily bad unless you have outdoor cats. Our cats no longer go out at night. We lost a cat. Um, oh. You know, it was horribly sad. But at the end of the day, the coyotes were here first. And, you know, this, this, it's, it's probably better to have the cats in at night for a lot of reasons. Um, and yes, we, we, we are made aware of when it is time for them to go out again. <laughs> they have some feelings, but you know, wildlife is one of the reasons you hike. It's kind of, yeah. Neat. Um, yeah. you know, for me, I paddle far more than I hike. Um, I don't even have a good pair of hiking shoes because I have a pair of trail shoes of, of, of hiking boots, like low ankle hiking boots. And they're miserable for Florida hiking. They're way too hot. Um, you know, I, people complain about getting wet feet on a hike. I don't want hot feet. Hot feet to me is, is horrible. Does this, am I the only one who feels this way? Maybe hot feet. Yeah. Hot feet and sugar sand. <laughs> Two of the things I hate. <laughs> oh, Sugar sand in your boots, that's got to suck. Hot feet and sugar sand sounds like a, a bar it's or a band or something. So, <laughs> or or maybe a, <laughs> a, a bad sitcom from the 70s. <laughs> a movie. I don't know. Yeah, when you get when your socks get all wet, it's kind of miserable. And the other thing, you know, I've tried those, I don't know what they call them, water shoes or something. And if you wear those for a long, I use them when I go kayaking, but if you hike for a long distance, I tend to get blisters from them. The first pair I got was again out West in that, um, in Zion, they had that one trail you can go down where you basically hike through the Creek the whole time. And I, I had to take them off at some point cause I was getting bl blister so bad. I find there's a good hybrid shoe out there. They're called, um, Astrals and they're like, they were a water shoe company first. And then started making hiking boots. Uh, and they have different kinds of options. They have like a mesh boot that's designed to get wet. But what they have in the bottom that other shoes don't have are like these ports where the water squirts out Ooh. while you're hiking. Can um, you spell that? It's A-S-T-R-A-L. Ah, okay. I had it with an H and I was getting a whole bunch of cigarette stuff. <laughs> they sell life or life preservers, all kinds of uh, kayaking, or kay uh, kayaking, paddling uh, centered kind of products. But uh, they, like I said, they've started selling hiking boots. Uh, and I have a waterproof version, which I always find for me, waterproof boots don't stay waterproof very long anyways. Uh, and, but they, they were waterproof for a bit and, and worked very well. And then I have a mesh version that, like I said, it's just, it's going to get wet, but they dry a little quicker than your standard um, boot that doesn't have that ability for the water to drain. These look great. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I like these. Mm -hmm. um, they're a so. little more narrow than the other brand. Um, oh. Oh. So they're <laughs> still, they're still wide, but, uh, but the ultras are like ultra wide. And if you're hiking all the time, your feet become wider. So uh, uh, the astrals I could wear when I first started hiking, but I can't wear them as much as I used to just because my feet have changed. Women gain a half to a full size uh, in their shoes when they're yep. pregnant. Blame the baby. 
<laughs> blame the baby. They make the bones in your feet. It happened it. before then, but I'll blame them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How do the odds will ever listen to this podcast to know? <laughs> um, so w- could somebody with a wide foot wear the astrals or you think not? It depends on how wide your foot is. Uh, like I, I, I've recommended them for two people who both say they have wide feet. One person said they work great. The other one said they were too snug. Um, and unfortunately, those ones aren't as widely available at big box stores or local stores. I have seen them uh, at some um, and shoe to shoe. They don't seem to be consistent either, which is somewhat of an issue. I brought um, I had one model that worked fine with me in a size, and then I got a different one that was too snug in the same size. So those ones, sometimes you'd have to buy and return, which I know can be a pain. Um, I have seen them at some uh, brick and mortar, mortar stores, but it's a little more rare. They're not quite as popular. We're just going to put a link straight to... Um straight to their website. Yeah. And um, I'll just remind women with feet that are not tiny. If you have like a size eight or above foot, that's wide, just buy a men's hiking shoe. Yeah. Or size up a little bit. Um, But either one of those options work. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, 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 Uh, Chelsea, you've been delightful. I feel like we haven't talked nearly enough about places to hike in Florida. Um, but so would you say Charles Bronson is your favorite place or is it your favorite place in central Florida? It's it's my favorite in central Florida. My favorite uh, in the state is Toria State Park. Uh, I love Toria. The Apalachicola Bluffs is another shorter version trail that's like, I don't know, within it's very short distance away from each other. So Toria is a little more challenging, but I recommend those both to people. They're just uh, unique. I'd say unique to Florida, but but it, it's just a different Florida, uh, more the Apalachicola, you got the bluffs, you got the Toria trees, which are, uh, what we named our son after. Um, and I just love that area, but then, um, just, to give a, another option, like, um, Collier Seminole state park has a really cool, like hardwood hammock trail. That's, um, on a boardwalk so you don't have to get your feet wet but it's just i think it's a really cool trail in the area i have too many favorites to really <laughs> narrow them i know down. it's like what's your favorite <laughs> cheese i understand completely um yeah uh apalachicola bluffs and ravines the nature conservancy just deposited a bunch of indigo snakes there too oh yeah. cool cool well i have a i have you done the yearling trail i'm gonna hike that on saturday i wanted to know if you had recommendations I have done the yearling trail. Now, last year, there was a wildfire that went through that area. So it's going to look drastically different than the last time I've uh, explored it deeply. We did go last year right after the wildfires just to see how the trailheads look, but didn't go in too too far. So I'm looking for Jody Spring. Is Jody Spring on the yearling trail or is it across the street near Silver Glen? Because at the at the beginning of the yearling, Jody, uh, you know the main character, goes down and he makes a flutter wheel. It's like a sand boil. You know, I, ha- I know I've been there, but it, it was like seven years ago, and I can't okay. remember okay. exactly where. It I, is. I can I can do a little research. I you know I had I like to have um, an objective when I hike, and um, I was honored. I'm going to do a talk for the Rawlings Society in May. And I figured I need to immerse myself in all things Rawlings. And I, I've been wanting to do this trail and to see that that spring. 
there's a a little illustration of it in my copy of the yearling, uh, you know, with Jody in this flutter, flutter wheel thing. So I've always wanted to see the spring in person because it's one of the few springs that's kind of immortalized in American literature. So I'm excited about it. I'm actually got a hike planned. <laughs> the highlight of that trail to me is the long cemetery. Okay. Um, so definitely take, I think it's like a blue spur trail off of uh, the main trail to get to that. Uh, it's amazing. And there's also a really big, impressive sinkhole that has a rope swing in it. That is terrifying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and that I think is in the yearling too, actually. I think <laughs> she, maybe she combines the sinkhole in the spring. I don't know, but I know that's part of the yearling. I think I, yeah, I'm excited now. I have friends it- who are staying in Sweetwater cabin, which we're not going to talk about because we don't want people to know about it. <sighs> so, so let me stop you. Because- every year hasn't happened <laughs> <laughs> on the website for the forest. It says this trail is still closed. Oh, has really? it definitely reopened. Unless they reclosed it again, it has reopened. Um, but I can find out for you and uh, get back to you. Now, let me tell you, it's always it always depends on who you ask, too, because I had asked the Florida Trail Association and they said it opened ages ago. But then I, you go to the park and it was closed off with caution tape. So it obviously the trail wasn't open yet. Uh, spoke to the forestry and you get different answers from everyone you ask <laughs> and they don't often update their websites. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. This, this, the, the wildfire update. I just, I, I clicked on the state forest wildfire updates, current wildfire conditions. And the last update was March 11th, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you can go to the fire danger maps. That just I know people tell you. have hiked it since then. Okay. And I know so we'll I've put the link in. Open, but <laughs> we'll put the link in. Um, and, uh, Anyway, Chelsea, uh, Rick, do you want to mention, you want to give a shout out to any particular hike that we haven't mentioned? I know we're going to come back to this topic again, but. I've talked about Lyonia before, and I like Lyonia because one, it has a little change in, you know, um, the topography. It's not just flat. So you go up and down a little bit. And it's, it's very unique because, you know, I imagine the whole part of where it is in Deltona looked like that before they built houses there. And you're always going to see scrub jays just about every time. And that's that's the main reason. Yeah. And it's close, too, for where I live in Orlando. Yeah, it's in Volusia County. So, yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, Chelsea, thank you for being here. Thanks for, for talking shoes and snakes and sloughs and all, all things Florida. And I've got to go out and find myself a pair of shoes for two weeks from now. Me too. Thanks for having me. All right. Everyone, thanks for listening. Um, We will see you next time on the Florida Spectacular.